Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Come on. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. All right. Man, what a great day. Just getting wrecked in worship back there. Just like, come on, Shandai. The weather won't affect my praise. (laughs) We said that a long time ago when we first started the church. And it was just raining outside and there was only about three people coming. But, you know, we said, you know what? The weather ain't going to affect my praise. All right? It's good. This morning, I want to talk to you about rest and this is something that the Lord's just been teaching in me in my life. And I'm not, I'm gonna make it through. But the Lord's extremely good. And uh, first, I just wanna start off by saying that no matter where you're at in life right now um, and what's going on in your soul, that the Lord wants you to rest. That's God's plan for your life. Man. Psalms 23, 1 through 2 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and leads me beside peaceful streams. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That is the Lord's plan for your life this morning. So whether you believe it or not, That's who God is. He's a good God, and he wants you to rest this morning in your soul. And I can already feel just the Lord just working on hearts this morning. But we're going to learn how to rest and allow God to be God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much, Father God, for the goodness of God. For being our shepherd this morning. for being the God that we can come to when we're weary, when we're tired, and he will give us rest. Thank you for being that this morning for us. We love you. We ask as we spend these next couple moments around your word, we ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus to us and that we would never be the same ever again. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give it up for the worship team this morning. Did a fantastic job. Fantastic job. All right, get it together. Let's go. Let me ask you a question, all right? Who in here likes a good nap? Anybody? Yes, praise the Lord. God is good. Anybody cherish their sleep? They're like, don't affect my sleep, all right? Don't, don't mess with my sleep. That's the one thing. So if you don't know, if you're new here, uh, if you're new here, I'm Pastor Matt. I'm an associate pastor here at Elevate. They didn't just pick me up off the street. Um, and, um, but if you don't know and you're new here, uh, I have a, a son, all right, with, with my wife. It's not just me. Um, what's that? <laughs> Just a single dad life, you know, just carrying the load. Um, 
and uh, no, I have a son, and uh, he's 11 months old, okay? He's about to be one year next month, which is insane. Um, but um, he, he's the most special, specialist boy, all right? And everybody told me uh, before we had a kid that, listen, uh, enjoy your sleep right now because you're never going to get sleep, like ever, okay? And uh, basically, uh, it was like, um, pretty much 90% of people would tell me, like, you're never going to get sleep. And then 10 people would be like, 10% would be like, hey, he's going to be great. You're going to love it, you know? But the 90% that were like, listen, you're never going to get sleep again were like, hey, are you really excited about having a kid? Because I like to put an end to that right now, okay? You are never going to get sleep ever again, all right? And so I was like, okay, whatever. I love my kid, so. But... Oh, I would say this. Overall, he's a very good sleeper, okay? All right, we did sleep training for a long time, and we kind of eased up on it, you know, uh, kind of lost our way. Anyway, he's a good sleeper, all right? And that statement is like 90% in faith, um, but he is, he is a good sleeper, all right? But recently, he's kind of gotten to this rhythm of waking up around 1.30, all right? So we put him down around, you know, 8, 8 o'clock, you know, put him in his crib, and then he wakes up, you know, usually around 1.30. And he starts crying and everything like that. And we just, we can't take it, all right? You know, we're good parents, okay? All right? He's screaming, okay? And we need him. And so he needs us. And so we go into his crib. You know, I go get him. And then Elena will feed him. And then, you know, we usually just put him back to sleep. But recently, it's like he takes a shot of Red Bull or something like that, and he wants to just he wants to just play. Like all of a sudden, he starts laughing and everything like that. All right, and he starts pulling my beard, and uh, you know I'm like, this is James one right here. These are the tests and trials. All right, that I just consider it all joy. But you know he is a he honestly is a really really good sleeper. But you know honestly, those nights. Uh, the next morning, you know, is, is just a little, a little rough, right? It can cause us to be a little grumpy and everything like that. But my point is this, all right, is rest is important, okay? Rest is important. We have to know, first off, that there is value in resting, okay? There's value in physical resting, all right? You can't work all the time. You got to take days off. You got to take vacations. You got to do all these things. You got to recover. But there's value in resting in our soul, all right? And that's what I want to talk to you about today is resting in our soul. Third John, uh, the second verse says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. We have to understand that if we want to live out the plan of God for our life, the prosper life that he has promised us, then we have to first look at the condition of our soul, all right? Is our soul healthy? What condition is our soul in? Because here's the deal, okay? We are going to, in life, face a lot of things. We're going to face pressure, all right? We're going to face fear. We're going to face doubt. We're going to face worry. We're going to face anxiety, negativity, all of these things that kind of stir up in our soul. And for me, if I'm being completely honest with you, uh, for me, it would be self-doubt, all right? This question in my soul of, am I good enough, 
right? Anybody ever been there before? Am I good enough? There's just this kind of circling question, these doubts and all these things, you know, being a, a new dad and a, a husband and, and, and a pastor here and all these things and a leader. And, and it's just kind of this question in my heart sometimes of just like, am I good enough? And it's just kind of a struggle. And so in my heart, and in my soul, I have these questions, and, and, it, and it feels like there's just no rest from it. There's no peace. And why? The answer is, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest. But first thing this morning is I want to look at what does rest really look like? Like if we were to say this is the goal of our soul, this is what, where we want to be, this is what resting really looks like. Let's go to Mark chapter 35, verse 40. All right? Verse 35 says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Now I think about these disciples, all right? And what these disciples are facing here is a really a picture of what our soul can look like. You know, uh, we had splash uh, a couple weeks ago, and the first night we had a crazy storm. Does anybody remember that? Like, I mean, it was, it was insane. And uh, honestly, like, I, I've never seen anything like it, really. Uh, just destroyed all the games. Knocked the power out at the church. It was really, really fierce. And I think about, man, if I was out on a boat and that storm was coming and I had no land or shelter or anything like that, yeah, I'd be a little scared, Right? But what the disciples are going through right here is a picture of our soul sometimes. We're uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. There's storms in our soul that can happen constantly. But here's what real rest looks like. If we look at Jesus, why was he resting in the back of the boat? It's because he knew that we were going to the other side right? That's what real rest is all about. That's what resting in our soul is all about. That is what it looks like, is knowing that no matter what we go through in life, we're going to the other side. Jesus is going to take us to the other side. And you may have doubts this morning, you may have questions, you may be going through something and you don't know if it will ever end, if you will ever find rest, if you will ever figure it out. But let me assure you this morning that God is going to take you to the other side. And so if Jesus can rest in the middle of a storm, so can you. So can you. 
It's possible this morning because Jesus is showing us that. Psalms 46 verse 10 says this, be still and know that I am God. Man, that is the picture of rest. It's just Jesus taking us to the other side. It's just saying, listen, whatever's going on in my soul right now, the questions, the doubts, the discouragement, the negativity, I'm just going to be still right now. And I'm just going to know that God is God. And I'm just going to know this morning that he's taking me to the other side so I can rest. God wants me to rest. It's possible to rest in the middle of the storm. So that's the picture. That's the picture. That's our goal right there. But how do we get there? How do we truly, truly rest in our soul? 1 Samuel 3 one through three, and I've just been, I've been reading, I've just been reading this like couple of verses just over and over and over again. The Lord's just been showing me so much with just these three verses, but I want to, I want to show you this this morning. Verse number one says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. We'll talk about that, talk about that here in a second. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So here's what's happening in this story. Two different people lying down in two very different spots. Number one was Eli, laying down in his usual spot. And then we have Samuel. And Samuel was laying down in a place in the house of God, where the ark of God was. And in the Old Testament, the ark of God represented the presence of the Lord. Samuel chose to rest in the presence of the Lord. And what brings the presence of the Lord? Worship. Worship. Samuel was resting in a place of worship. And if we're going to have rest in our soul, we're going to have to live a life of worship We're going to have to live a life of worship. And the question is this morning is from Monday to Saturday, what is stirring up in your soul? What is truly, truly stirring up in your soul? Is it worry or is it worship? Is it negativity or is it worship? Because I can tell you this much because I've been in this situation before that we come into this room and we're like, oh my gosh, like the the third song ends and you just like feel alive. You're like, thank you, Jesus. That was amazing. I don't even remember what's going on in life. Right? We come into this place 
Why? Because the presence of God is here. Because there's worship in the atmosphere. Because he inhabits the, pra- the praises of his people. That's why. And so we, we come in here on Sundays, and it's just like, man, I've been dealing with all of this stuff during the week, and oh my goodness, I just want to rest right now. I just want to like, just, uh, just breathe. And we're able to do that. Why? Because there's worship. Because there's the presence of God in this room. But what happens during the week? What type of life are you choosing to live? Are you choosing to stir up worry inside of you and negativity and discouragement and look at everything the world is saying right now? Or are you choosing to live a life of worship? Are you choosing to live a life of praise, of thanksgiving to Jesus? Now, I just want to show you just a couple things real quick. And then we're going to end with some worship. Point number one is this, is that when we live a life of worship, the word becomes alive in us. The word becomes alive in us. Verse number one, let's look at this, all right, from the, from the life of Eli here. Verse number one says, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. When we begin to worship, the word of God begins to stir up in our hearts. Let me give you an example. Like I said, Mitchell uh, has decided to wake up at 1.30, right? And before we were like reading scriptures over him just constantly, you know, and reading scriptures of sleep and, and, and man, it was the, just the word of God is just so powerful, right? And he was sleeping great, but we kind of became a little loose on that, right? And so the Lord just began to show me again, like, just start reading these scriptures, start, start worshiping me before bedtime. And so I began to just read this, um, this verse in Proverbs 3.24. Sorry, I lost my page there. Sorry. I should have this memorized. Proverbs 3.24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. And so I just began to just like, just began just to worship Jesus right there, right before bedtime. And I just begin to be like, Jesus, I thank you, Father God. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, God, that my son's sleep will be sweet tonight. That when he lays down, he won't be afraid. When he lays down, he won't be uh, afraid or anything like that. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're with him. I thank you, Lord, that you cause him to sleep, that you give your beloved rest because you love them. And he just, he began to just sleep better constantly every single night. He began to sleep better. We can read verses like 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And so what happens is we begin to worship right through that verse. And we begin to say, God, I thank you that you care for us. God, I thank you and I praise you, Jesus, that I don't have to carry my burdens. I don't have to carry what's going on in life. But I thank you, Jesus, that you are good. 
I thank you, Jesus, that you care for us. And so we don't have to care. We don't have to carry our burdens. And what happens when we begin to praise God and we begin to fill our lives with worship during the week, and this is so cool, is we begin to see God for who he truly is. Verse 2 says this, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, You know that the eyes of our heart, when we don't fill our life with worship, become so dim and we don't see who God is, who God really is. Because we fill our heart and we fill our souls with the world. We fill our hearts and we fill our souls with discouragement and negativity constantly. And so what happens to the eyes of our hearts is we become dim and we don't see God for who he truly is. But the more that we begin to worship during the week, the more that we can't stand our, our boss, but we choose to worship in the midst of it. We can't stand our job. We're getting overwhelmed, but we choose to worship it. The more we're like, God, I really see you for who you are. I really see you, Jesus, that you are good. You are faithful. And God, I thank you and I praise you that you're going to take me to the other side. That's what happens when we begin to worship in our soul. We stir up this worship constantly during the week, and we begin to see God for who he truly is. We see Jesus, and the eyes of our heart begin to open up, and we see Jesus as our shepherd, as a faithful father, when we choose to worship Point number two is this, is that worship takes us out of our usual spot. It says that Eli, verse number two, was lying down in his usual place. And I just want to show you this real quick. You know, we got two... Here we go. We got two spots here, you know. We got one spot that we kind of live in every single day. And we all have our favorite place to rest, right? Take a nap. Mine's on the couch watching golf. I'm out like that. But in our souls, we have our usual place. Every single day, we can wake up with a lot of discouragement, a lot of worry in our hearts, and we go Monday to Saturday because Sunday we feel great. But then Wednesday and Thursday come along, and and we just we we get so overwhelmed and we get so discouraged, and and it's like during the week we can easily sit down in our usual spot in our soul. And like I said, mine was, mine was, uh, mine was, am I good enough, right? That's my usual spot. And it's comfortable here. It's easy here. It's just your spot. But what happens when we really begin to worship even a little bit 
and we really, really begin to lift up Jesus in the middle of our week, is we begin to we begin to move from our usual spot where Eli was, and we begin to move right here to where God wants us to be and to where God wants us to live. And for me, my usual spot being this question of am I good enough? Well, then I begin to worship Jesus even just a little bit. Because listen, when you're in your usual spot, you probably don't feel it right away. You probably don't feel like worshiping right away. But what happens when you begin to just stir up worship in your heart and you begin to just stir up your good, your good, what happens is God takes you from your usual spot and he places you in a place where there's hope all of a sudden, where there's this question in my heart and he takes me from my usual spot to the place where God wants me to live. And he begins to place into my heart, you're good enough because you're mine and you're enough because I'm enough. And all of a sudden, our discouragement becomes hope. And all of a sudden, our worry becomes faith. And our fear doesn't become our normal every single day. And all of a sudden, when we begin to worship, these things in our hearts that we, we live with every single day, and we just think it's normal, and we just think that everybody else deals with this. And we think, man, this is the way the world is going, so I might as well jump on the train. This is the way the world is going. My coworkers act like this. My family acts like this. Everybody else acts like this. So I might as well just sit in my usual spot. But God isn't calling us to our usual spot. God's calling us to a place of the presence of the Lord. Every single day where there's hope. And there's peace and there's joy. And we're going to the other side in this middle of our situation. God is wanting us to rest in the arms of the Father. I mean, God couldn't have painted me a more greater picture the other day. Mitchell just wouldn't go to sleep. And so he would if I was holding him. And so I just rocked him. And God couldn't have made it even any clearer to me that I don't want you to rest in your usual spot, but I want you as my son, as my daughter, as my child, I want you to rest in my arms, knowing that I'm gonna take you to the other side, knowing that you, all you have to do is just be still, knowing all you have to do is just let me be God and I'm gonna take you to the other side. God doesn't want us to live in our usual spot. God wants us to live and sit and rest in a place of faith, in a place of hope, in a place of joy and peace and in the arms of the Father. Come on, why don't you stand up with me this morning? We're going to worship here in a second, but just a question. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? Maybe you've just been living in your usual spot. You kind of just wake up every single day and you just, you just kind of sit in your usual spot.
But God is wanting to change that this morning. And he's wanting to change it tomorrow. And he's wanting to change it the next day. In the middle of your week. God wants you to sit in a place of rest in your soul. I can feel it this morning that there's people in here that are truly, truly just tired and are battling with some things in their soul. But I want you to know this morning that there's rest in the arms of the Father. 